Welcome to this week's marketing show. We've got a great one in store for you this week. We've had a lot of questions from our clients about where to begin with a website. And it all started with a poll we did that asked, how are you happy with your current website? Hey, Rick, why don't we uh, dive into some of those stats? Absolutely. So as we're showing you on the screen here, we asked our, our audience, how do you feel about your current website? As you can see here, our website is great. 17% of people said that. Sort of, you know, it has some issues, 29%. And 54% of people said, hey, our website stinks. <laughs> and, uh, you know, some people inserted some different words there, but we'll keep it to a family <laughs> channel here. The bottom line is 83% of people, at least the audience surveyed, we're talking about 500 people here participating in the survey, said, hey, our website's not up to snuff. And in today's environment, digital environment, you know, customers are looking at you, your website. And we just thought today it'd be interesting to answer some questions that people have. And you'll hear some questions coming up in the program around what's involved in kind of moving from your current website to a new website. Because Melissa, if you've never built a home before, or you've never redesigned a kitchen, or you've never bought whatever, it can be confusing. And I think these are great questions uh, coming up from our audience. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's start with the first one we got. We've had some people suggest that we need a new website. Uh, how do we know if we do need a new site? Now, that's a good one. Rick, let's talk about that a little bit here. Um, I'm thinking, you know, technical stuff. Uh, there's all kinds of things, right, we could speak to here. What are your thoughts? Okay, so normally people trigger that they need a new website on one of two things, right? And we're going net-net in today's program, by the way. Number one is there's a technical problem or issue that's been identified. For example, uh, they've got really high bounce rates. A bounce rate, if you're not familiar with that, is when someone comes to your website looks at what you're doing or what you've got and they leave right away. It's called a bounce. It's not a good thing in terms of web uh, protocol. Okay, Lower bounce rate means it's sticky, they stay there. The second thing we see is very low, uh, slow, sorry, load speed. So someone comes to the site, you've seen your, you know, your wheel turning, they're waiting to load a page. It's not responsive in terms of today's short attention span person, we'll call it. Maybe there's mobile inefficiency. So if you've ever looked at a website on your phone, for example, some of them don't square up for a mobile environment. And the other technical issue people have, which is kind of an SEO thing, is they don't feel that their website is showing up high enough in the Google search results, so they're not getting found by their target customer. So that's kind of technical uh, issues people have. The second thing is people say, you know what, Melissa, like I'm, I'm in Q4 planning right now. We're looking at doing something for 2023. And our website just doesn't represent us. So it's misaligned in terms of the messaging and content on there with what we're doing right now. And I would argue that, you know, most people's websites are comparable to the age of the couch in their living room. And we don't change that very often. And, uh, you know, we'll address the cost question later because people are like, hey, I'd love a new website. How much does it cost? Which we'll talk about later. But I think it's technical or they don't feel that the user experience is really reflective of what they want to communicate or their customer experience on their website. Yeah, absolutely. Those are great. Okay, so let's go to our next one here. We realize we need a new website. Can you walk us through the steps involved in creating a new one? Ooh, another really great question. So there's lots of steps involved, um, but hey, we can handle that. You can handle that. Rick, why don't you handle that? <laughs> okay, so so people always ask, you know, that exact question, like, uh, walk us through, because again, if you've never done it, you don't know the steps. And again, I'm going to walk you through the high level. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing I think is, is, you know, if you if you select the right partner to create your website, and we're not the only people that create websites, there are others, but what we try to do for our customers is keep it simple for them, because a lot of people 
you know, enter it with uh, this is an investment in their business and they want it to look right and come out right. And I think you really got to trust uh, the people that you're working with, understand really what your end goal is. And here's the steps kind of to get there that we would typically follow. So the first thing we want to do is take a look at your current site, kind of review the current situation and make sure we understand uh, not just how it looks and some of the messaging on there, but go into the data analytics. So take a look at what pages are performing better than others, maybe where there's maybe some issues or the behavior of the visitor to the site, because we don't want the new site. If everybody likes going to the lion cage and we take the lion cage away, then we may you know, miss that in terms of the new uh, website. The second thing we, we typically do as a step is we'll do a, a fairly deep competitor analysis. So we'll look at who they deem as their direct or indirect competitors and say, hey, how do we basically uh, want to face up versus these people? Because our clients always come up with a unique selling or value proposition. We want to showcase that and not look like if you were the customer again through the customer's eyes, you know, just a me too website. So review current site. Um, and then secondly, competitor site. The third thing is we want to come up with a strategy. And really the strategy is around creating, I would call it both the content of the website, but the brand voice and um if you're not into marketing, it's kind of what, how you want to communicate to your target customer. Okay. And so the strategy may include like, are we going, like, what's our main message? What are our core offerings? Not to complicate the thing. Are we thinking e-com? Are we thinking about video strategy? So these are all the things. And typically we would obviously include the customer in that. But if you're working with a company that's built a lot of websites, they should have a pretty good uh, running start in terms of what the strategy might look like. Then we create something called a sitemap. So a sitemap is really, in web terms, they call it a wireframe. But imagine you're buying a house, right? Melissa, you might say, hey, you know, am I looking for a bungalow, a two-story? You know, you're going to have a living room here. You're, we're going to put a gymnasium in here because you do that. <laughs> uh, gymnasium, right? So um, <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that in there because... Uh, so well, you don't know what kind of house people are building these days. You're an athlete. Uh, so, so, but it would, a sitemap would give you a layout of the room before we start to actually create the content. So the next step is then you have to create your written content. And it's not just a matter of, you know, hitting your keyboard and typing what you think makes sense. Today, uh, Google just changed their, their algorithm most recently. And now they're looking for different things than they were even six months ago. So the content really has to, we want to treat Google like our customer, okay? In addition to the actual customer coming. So the content has to be written uh, and appropriately optimized for search engine optimization. So there's a little bit of science to that, but the content is then written for each page. And of course, then we select um, in terms of the, uh, the content, maybe the visuals, and uh, we do ask the customer often, like, can we get some actual video or, or pictures from your environment? So both the visual content and the text, all the lines is optimized. Then we go and we build the website, of course. So that's actually creating from a platform what the, what the website's kind of, how it's going to function, laying the content in there. And then uh, once the website's up and proof, we do an internal launch. So we want to make sure that people at the company have a chance to walk around before it's actually live and people or customers are going, hey, I like your new website. And you're like, okay, well, what website, right? So <laughs> what does the internal launch look like? Hey, here, we're going to walk you around. This is what we were thinking. And oh, by the way, at the internal launch, uh, often our step early is to do a survey of all the employees and ask them, hey, what do you like about the current site? What would you like to see on the new site? Uh, are you open to appearing on the new site? Maybe you want to do like a video testimonial on careers page. So all this stuff is done up front. 
And then we launch internally. We try and show the staff, hey, you asked for this. This is what we did. And oh, by the way, this is why we're doing these other things. And then, of course, we launch externally, which has got to be supported by not just, hey, we got a new website, but you know, what does the campaign look like to walk it out to their target customer? Those are kind of the steps. So review current site, review competitors, come up with a strategy, like you know, how do we want to basically communicate your story, create a site map, what's the plan look like, the content, uh, build it, launch it internally, and then of course, you know, excite the customers. Awesome. Those are great. All right. Here's question number three we got. If I were to get a new website, what would the transition look like from my old site to my new site? That's another great question. And I'm going to throw you for a bit of a loop here, Rick, and add to it. But how long does it take from the time, you know, I say go um, on a new website till the time it comes to market? So, okay. So the good, so good question. There's really two, two answers, right? One is how long does it take to create a website? And then once it's created to actually... Uh, what we call propagate on the on the internet, right? So yeah. I would say, you know, depending on the complexity of the site, we we typically ask customers for a minimum of sixty days, and then we're typically looking at like a ninety day window, and that's a rough estimate. Of course, some sites could be done quicker that are very small, um, but uh, you know, to do the due diligence, I think you're looking at two to three months. Uh, more complex projects have, have taken us longer, but. Uh, you know, they're fairly comprehensive, include databases and things like that. But let's say your site's built, like how long does it take to actually get online? Because people don't want downtime, right? They don't want my old site to be down. And so uh, really it's either instantaneous um, and it depends, I won't get technical here, but it depends on who's hosting the site, but it's either instantaneous or within 24 hours. So let's say, uh, for example, you were hosting your website with company A and you're going to move them to us or you got a whole new site you're putting up. Um, really, it doesn't take that long uh, to flip over, but it does take a little while sometimes for your site to propagate. In other words, to for Google, the Internet, basically to understand there's a new site, new presence. So we often will launch a website, for example, after business hours for minimal, if any, disruption, but I would say either instantaneous or within 24 hours to actually turn to the new site. Okay, great. Let's go to question number four. We've been discussing a new website on our management team, and some people are asking, what is the effort required from our team to create that new website? Another great one. Let's talk about this, Rick, and what the effort is involved in it. Sure. So, so, you know, a lot of companies, when they take on a new website initiative, um, you know, they're busy with what they do, right? And, and maybe they're familiar with building a website, but, you know, coming up with ideas and content and all that kind of stuff, you know, it really depends what the client's involvement level wants to be. But, you know, normally there's a reason why you hire uh, professionals, I'll call it, to do whatever it is, whether it's, you know, a plumber, a builder, uh, whatever it is, right? So, if someone came to us and said, hey, I want a new website, typically the customer is involved in reviewing the analytics. Basically, the, the, we look at the digital DNA, as I mentioned earlier, their current site, their current kind of web position, both site and offsite. So it could be things like, you know, search engine optimization, their social presence, their video presence, like all the kind of key metrics. And then we say, okay, here's kind of what we found from the outside, which is typically what your customers, you know, may be experiencing. And then we involve them in the strategy, kind of uh, together with the client, build the strategy. This is what we're thinking. This is kind of how do you feel about that? So they're involved in the strategy. They're also involved in the survey I mentioned just prior, right? We, we like to get input from everybody because often it's the person 
that's down the food chain, we'll call it, that has really good ideas that they're experiencing with customers face-to-face that will be really well served on the website. So that due diligence really has helped us in terms of uh, you know, creating really powerful sites. The last thing I would say a customer has to do, so strategy, you know, the survey, which is uh, uh, fairly uh, light lifting. The other thing is a photo shoot or video shoot. So what we're finding now is that the old stock picture of, you know, happy multicultural people in office setting may not be the ideal kind of thing you want to show. And, um, you know, it's a knock against a lot of sites that they use these stock photos. And, and what we're doing is we're actually showing the customers, people, the customer's environment in the website, because really the website is your new storefront, right? You want that to, to reflect you and your people. So uh, strategy, the survey, um, the photo shoot or video shoot, and then of course the proofing, right? To make sure and there's proofing along the way. Typically we'll have like a team on the, in the customer, within the customer's team, that's the, you know, the website team uh, that works directly with us. But really the lifting is fairly light on the customer's side. And uh, it's really exciting for the customer to see the phases come together. It really is. Mm, um, but, but we do, I would say, you know, 90% uh, of, uh, of really the lifting in, in most cases. All right, thank you. So next one up is question number five, and this is a big one, a really big one. Our current website doesn't generate any leads for our sales team. And we are wondering what we should be thinking about on a new site to generate more leads. All right, Rick, more leads, more leads, more leads equals more deals equals more money. Do you want to talk to that? Sure. So, so everybody, you know, I shouldn't say everybody, but, you know, I think it was, you know, we've been in this business now, Melissa, probably 15 or so years. And, you know, we've seen a shift from websites being the digital brochure where, you know, you, you had your, your stuff up there to now people saying, hey, how do I get that website visitor to actually convert, meaning they surrender their ID, their their, their information, contact information as a quote unquote lead. Um, and really, if you think about lead generation, it starts well before the website. So there's off page or off site activities have to happen like search engine optimization, there's social media, all that stuff. But if you get people to your site, I'll go through kind of a checklist of things that are working really well for our clients. So assuming you've got some kind of inbound strategy, okay, so you're creating the, the desire for people to visit your site, you know, first and foremost, uh, the chat functionality on the homepage is becoming, you know, more and more prevalent. People want, boom, an answer right now. They don't want to go to contact us. And there's all different levels of chat bots that, you know, you, you've seen them, I'm sure, where, you know, you put information in it automatically, right? Gives you reply and drills you down a tree of decisions before a human actually has to engage. But even at, a, at an entry level, a chat can be very effective for converting interest into conversation. Um, the next thing I would say is uh, really up and coming is uh, we're, we're really big on, and the new sites we're building now have a book a meeting right now function on it. So you may see like a button book a meeting and that goes directly to a Calendly link, okay? Or if you're sitting on HubSpot, there's a similar function. But rather than go through a long drawn out, contact us, email back and forth, et cetera, boom, book a meeting right there. And on the advanced sites we're doing, you can actually book a meeting depending on the service or the offering. So maybe you want to book a meeting on, you know, service A or service C, and then the, that calendar uh, is booked into, sorry, that, that meeting is booked into the appropriate person's calendar. The next thing is obviously content offers are still big. So whether that be eBooks, guides, checklists, okay, still big in terms of putting the content when someone, you know, downloads, right? If I had a an eBook on new snow tires, you know, what, what to look for in new snow tires and you download it, Melissa, 
chances are you might be in the market for new snow tires. So the sales reps are then activated to follow up accordingly. Uh, webinar is still huge. Um, but I would just say that, you know, people, as you said, they often want to uh, focus on leads. And there's a wide definition of a lead, right? As a lead means someone opened an email, they hit the site. Uh, there's intent leads too, not to get complicated, but we can now look with technology and see who's searching for your product or service on Google in your area. So there's different levels, but I think people confuse lead generation with the up and coming demand generation model, which is podcasting. And how do we basically get our brand out there more so that we're top of mind to point in need? So in other words, they may not even come to our site, but they watch our podcast, which is going to draw them into us. So those, those would be kind of the the, the bigger kind of more progressive thinking and some traditional kind of tried and proven models on websites. Awesome. Fantastic. Okay. Last but not least, we have question number six. And I just want to interject and say too, that this is kind of like our first episode on this, Rick. We got some great questions too, that are more advanced that drill down a little bit further. So we'll cover that in another episode, but let's go to question number six here. We are planning to update our website. Can you give us some insight on what we should expect from a budgeting standpoint? This is always one that people want to know the answer to. Do you want to talk to the costing and the budgeting, Rick? Well, listen, I've been talking a fair bit today. Why don't you answer this one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every, this is like past the buck time. <laughs> yeah. well, well, no, they're, 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 okay, so so people always want to know how much is it. And, and website, the cost of a website can be intimidating depending on the size of your business, right? So. Um, I think uh, it would be unfair for me or us to give an answer to this question because it would be like me asking you how much for what you sell. And if you sell something that has kind of, imagine you're going to do a custom kitchen, okay? Uh, and I went through that and I couldn't believe like, holy cow, that knob costs that much more than that other <laughs> knob or that sink costs, you know? Um, so I don't mean to dodge the question, but I think, you know, a, a, a competent, a web development team can can come up with something to fit your budget. And I think scale the pricing so that you can say, hey, I can settle in here as a phase one even, and then build upon that. But, you know, here are some things that, that I think are important that, that tend to cost the, you know, drive the cost up a little bit, right? So number one, um, you know, the, the number of pages and, and not to complicate the user experience, but you know, sometimes a few more pages to kind of articulate what you're doing can can really help in terms of, you know, the user experience, conversion, all that stuff. Secondly, might be video strategy. So, you know, video is, you know, if if our viewer right now was to hit a web page and you could either read or watch a video, you know what you'd do, right? Most would lean towards the video, which can be served up on YouTube, et cetera. So it really depends on kind of what you want in terms of options, the size of the site, um, and, and in some cases, the customers have even written their own content, which we always go through on behalf of the customer. But, you know, if the customer wants to do more lifting, sometimes that can help. But normally I like to have our people that do it every day. So we want the plumber to do this, we want the carpenter to do that, the roofer does this, like, because it's so specialized right now that uh, um, the old do-it-yourself kind of websites, I would say, are, are probably you know, it's an option, but I, I think having a professional do it, they should be able to scale their cost accordingly. Sorry, Melissa, I know I dodged that question a little bit, but it's hard to give a, a specific answer. Yeah. We've done six-figure websites and we've done some, you know, very, very inexpensively depending on the application. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like that flower shop analogy you use. 
right? You can go in and say, hey, I've got X to spend. Do I get the small, medium, or large? Right. Well, it's true. Yeah. When you walk into a flower shop, right? I always talk about it in live events, right? When you walk into a flower shop, at least when I walk in, they've got some predetermined uh, bouquets there. But, you know, typically the florist will say, well, how much do you want to spend? And then they'll build a bouquet according to that. And, and yes. although you have to have a high level of trust, I think with your web uh, development team that, you you know, they're giving you an answer, not fitting, you know, uh, whatever. But uh, I just think, as people plan towards 2023, and if you're one of the 83% in our survey, or you feel that your website's not kind of meeting what you deserve. It stinks. Um, it stinks is what they said. That was 50 <laughs> um, You know, hopefully we've given you some answers today to consider anyway, a new website and what's involved in uh, bringing one on. And obviously we'd sure appreciate an opportunity to talk to you if you're in the market, but that said, Melissa, I think today's we had so many questions on this, you know, yeah. episode one here, we'll call it of uh, this topic uh, was a good one. So thanks to all those that uh, added the questions. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll see you next time on this marketing show. Have a great week, Rick. Thanks for joining us for this episode of this marketing show. If you enjoyed today's show, please like, share and subscribe to get the latest B2B insights to help you market and sell to win.